33 years ago today, something so very special happened. As a matter of fact, if it did not happen, I would not be here in this pulpit today. Today is my birthday. Now, I know some of you are really confused right now because of two reasons. Number one, you're like, he ain't 33. <laughs> just shh. I mean, we just in September celebrated, or should I say mourned, me turning 40. So you're like, whoa, were you just trying to get more presents? I'm confused here. So if you already Venmoed me or PayPal'd me money for my birthday, I'll, I'll accept it, I mean, but. Well, no, no, no. This was a little confusing in the Bible, too. And this is what's, here, here's what's awesome, is me and the Deeper Waters teachers who do that first portion, we don't, like, exchange notes. And so this morning, I was praying over, I pray over our children's ministry teachers, our Sunday school teachers, our youth workers. I pray over technology, our guest relations team. I pray over the Deeper Waters teacher. Now, I'm praying over Chad today. And I'm like, oh, what's Chad speaking about today? And I, and I looked at his email that he sent to our media team, and I was like, Chad's preaching my message. <laughs> and so I said, well, Lord, I'm really excited because you obviously have a very specific plan about what you want to accomplish in this service today. So if you're a guest, just know you don't usually hear similar thoughts two times in a row. But... I'm going to go a little bit in a different direction today, but what this whole birthday thing, it was, it was confusing, and Chad read this verse. If you were downstairs, I want to reread this for you. Nicodemus, a Pharisee, he comes to Jesus, and he comes to him at nighttime, doesn't want anybody to know he's going to Jesus, and he says in John 3, 2, he says, we know you're a teacher, you're a rabbi, you come from God, we understand that, and Jesus says to him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, so Causing confusion, Nicodemus is like, how am I going to be born another time? I've already been born. Like, we celebrate my birthday, but how can you, you're telling me to be born another time? A little confused. So Jesus clarifies. He says, except a man be born again. He says, he cannot see the king of God. But then he goes and he says, except a man be born of water and of spirit. He cannot enter in or see the kingdom of God. Now, if we're Bible believers, we know I can't enter into God's kingdom without the water and the spirit. So I better know for sure what the water and the spirit are if scripturally he says you can't enter God's kingdom without water and spirit. So that doesn't matter what every denomination can agree. They might disagree on what the water and spirit is. But if you, you look at this, you say, I agree. Based on that scripture, I got to have the water and spirit. I, I better know what that water and spirit is. And so he says, that which is born of flesh is flesh, which is spirit is spirit. Marvel not, don't be shocked, in other words. Don't be surprised that I'm telling you to be born again. There's a spiritual side of things, and there's a physical side of things. He said, the wind blows wherever it lists or wherever it wants, and you'll hear the sound, but canst not tell what, whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So Jesus clearly states, when we're born of the water and the Spirit, we're born again. That's what he's talking about with new birth is being born again of water and of spirit. So for me, I was born the first time. 
on September 27, 1980. Yes, I did just cross into a different number set. But then on January 24th, 1988, as a 7-year-old boy at a children's church called Lighthouse, I went to an altar and I knelt to to the left side of the pulpit and where everything was set up for children's church that night and I knelt at an altar and I felt the presence and power of Jesus Christ so strong. And I began to tear up and cry, and tears were just streaming down my cheeks because I felt Jesus so strong in my life. And I had my hands raised, and they taught me to repent of my sins, and I repented of my sins, and I began to speak in tongues, as the Bible says. And I received the Spirit of God, and I was born again as a seven-year-old in January, on January 24th, 1988. So, I just turned 33. Can I tell people that? I'm 33 instead of 40. And I'm so excited to share with you something because God said when he poured out his spirit upon all flesh in the book of Acts, Chad read this too, Acts 2.38, Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There it is, water. In spirit, water is water baptism, and the method that it said was in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why when we baptize someone here, we baptize people in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins, because that's exactly what it said. And then it says, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's the Spirit. Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, same thing. For the promise, it's a promise, is unto you. That's who the audience was right there. But it's also to your, your kids, your children. But it doesn't stop there. It's even those that are far off. Guess who that is? Even as the many as the Lord our God shall call. So today, just for a few minutes, I want to talk on this topic. Today could be your birthday too. We don't just have to celebrate my birthday. How neat would it be for me and you to share the same birthday? And if it's a promise, it's not up to Jesus because he already said, I want to give it. So if it's a promise, it's unto you. And you're going to be the one that decides whether or not you partake in the gift that he has for you or not today. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for every man, woman, and child sitting here in person, everyone watching online, God, everyone who may view this or listen to this later, God, we're thankful for every soul, every human being, God, because I know your word is going to make a difference in someone's life this morning. You're going to bring hope, God, and I thank you in advance for everything you're getting ready to do in Jesus' name. Amen. When you read through the book of Acts in the Bible, you will quickly find that this book highlights over and over the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. For so much, in fact, that many theologians actually call the book of Acts the Acts of the Holy Spirit, not just the Acts of the Apostles. It's the Acts of the Spirit. And so prophets, they prophesied about the outpouring of the coming of the Spirit. Ezekiel talked about it. Isaiah talked about it. Joel talked about it. And all of these prophets, it's not something that was just some new age thing. That's when people to me say something about receiving the Spirit, speaking in tongues. That's a new age thing. I'm like, 
it's actually an ancient thing. It's, 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 it was talked about for thousands of years before it ever even came in the book of Acts. Old Testament prophets were, were talking about the day that this was going to happen. And Moses even talked about it. Moses, he, people miss this sometimes. I wish I had a, I could preach a whole message on that. He, they, they came to him, his leaders once said, oh, there's people prophesying. And, and Moses said, I long for the day one day when everyone is going to be having the spirit of God and prophesying. Moses was, he knew that the day was going to come at some point where God would pour out his spirit upon all flesh, just like Joel talked about in the Old Testament. Jesus, before the spirit was poured out, he spoke in advance over and over. He says, I need to go away. The comforter is going to come. The comforter is the Holy Ghost. The comforter is my spirit. It's going to come. I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. And so he gets, then he says, he's, you know, he, he dies on the cross. He, he, uh, he rises from the dead and he starts to meet with different people, but he looks at the group of his apostles and disciples, he said, wait here in Jerusalem. Don't go anywhere else because everything that you have heard prophesied, it's getting ready to take place. And so he tells them to wait in that city because the day of Pentecost, Penta means 50, 50 days after that, 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 uh, that crucifixion. So there was a big feast, a big celebration. So people from all over the world were already in Jerusalem. They would come, they would converge on Jerusalem, and then they'd go back home. Jesus says, don't go anywhere. Wait here in Jerusalem because everything you have been waiting for is getting ready to take place. And then he looks at him in Acts 1.8 and he says, and you shall receive power. When were they going to receive power? Not before. He says, after you get my spirit, after you are filled with the Holy Ghost, after the spirit has come on you, you're going to have power. Power to do what? To be a witness. Because now I'm going to ascend into heaven. This is right before he ascends. He says, you wait here. I'm ascending. But when I ascend, watch. I'm going to come in a totally different form. My spirit is going to be with you. Right now I'm with you, but, but I'm getting ready to be in you, like he says in the book of John. And so he says, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you're going to be my witnesses to every known part of the world. He lets them know there was going to be power. God's spirit was never meant to just be a ticket to heaven. He didn't, when he says to Nicodemus, you need to be full, uh, born of the water and the spirit in order to enter God's kingdom. It was not meant. Anybody ever play Monopoly before? You know, you get put in jail, and you're like, oh, but then you go around, and you, you get that one card that says, get out of jail free, and you're like, you're pumped because everybody else is buying Boardwalk and Park Place and all the good stuff, and you're in jail. And so you get the get out of jail free card, and now you're like, whoa, I'm back in the game. The Holy Ghost was meant to be more than just a get out of jail free card. It was more to be just the, oh, here's my ticket to heaven. I spoke in tongues one time. I was received the spirit. That's a, No, no, no. He said my spirit was more than just a ticket to heaven. My spirit was so that you can be an overcomer, so that you can experience comfort, so that you can be a witness to every other person in your world. I want you to have power. And so he lets them know that, 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 sure, when God spoke to Nicodemus, he said humanity needed to be born again, but he wanted to empower us, to dwell with us, to comfort us. That's why in John 14, 15, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Easy enough. He says, I will pray the Father. He'll give you another comforter. I've been referencing this, that he may abide with you forever. Well, Jesus, you're going away. You just called me. No, no, no. I'm, I'm coming but it's going to be in the form of a comforter, even the spirit of truth. The world can't receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, 
for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. What is Jesus talking about right here? He's having a conversation before he sends into heaven. He says, you know him. He dwelleth, E-T-H, continua. What's he saying? He, me, I'm dwelling with you right now. But guess what? I'm getting ready to go away. And there's going to be a transitional phase where now I'm not going to be with you, but I'm going to be in you. Interesting. And then he goes on in, in verse 26, because maybe that wasn't clear yet. The comforter, in case you missed it, guys, he says, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Let's just call it what it is. That's why it's a capital C right there. The comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. He's getting them ready for this moment. This was not something, so when we preach this here, even if you're here saying, man, I just never heard the Spirit and this, all this stuff, look at the Scripture. I am preaching the Word of God, and here he says, I'm getting ready. Everything the prophets talked about, it's getting ready to transpire right very soon. And so before he goes to the cross, he ascends into heaven, he wants his followers to know that it's coming. He was preparing them for the outpouring of the Spirit on the horizon. That's why look at Acts chapter 1, verse 3. He says, during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the disciples, or the apostles, from time to time. He proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. Because, I mean, imagine that. You see the Savior killed, hung on a cross, messed up, mutilated body. Throwing in a tomb, you're like, eh, I kind of want to, you know, doubting Thomas. I'm not going to believe until I see and can put my hand in, the, in his side and in his, the, the prints of his hands and his, in the nails in his hands. Oh, doubting Thomas. Yeah, right. You'd have done the exact same thing. And so he proves them over and over. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once he was eating with them, and he says, as I just referenced, he says, don't leave Jerusalem. So the Father sends you the promise, as I told you before. This was not a new thing. This was not something that he sprung on in the last minute. This was not something that, you know, you walk into a church and they start talking about crazy stuff you've never heard. And you're like, I, I got I to gotta dip out of here as fast as possible. No, I wonder how many people were like, well, hold it. Yeah, no, that's right. He has been. Moses talked about it. Joel talked about it. Isaiah talked about it. Ezekiel talked about it. I, I, they all talked about it. Then Jesus keeps talking about the comforter, and I'm going to give you my spirit, and he keeps talking about this. And, and after that, the Holy Ghost is going to come on you, and you're going to have power to be witnesses. So when Jesus says, you wait in Jerusalem, the promise of the Spirit's coming, this was not a new thing. That's why he just briefly hits it and says, as I've been telling you. This is something that he has been paving the way for them for this for probably the entire three years or so that they've been following him. As I told you before. And guess what happened when they waited? Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost finally comes. The big feast day. And a lot of those Jewish people, they think they're just there to eat some meal and go through the motions of the tradition of that feast day. But Jesus had said, I'm going to choose this day. And everything, you got to imagine, thousands of years of prophecy led to this day. If I could choose one day in all of human history to go back to, I would want to be in that upper room. I would want to be, I mean, we did kind of get to be there at that time in Israel, but, but, 
But I'd want to be there the day the outpouring actually happened. Where, where, I mean, could you imagine just standing around saying, man, God, Joel talked about this. Isaiah talked about this. Ezekiel talked about Jesus been talking about this. Moses even talked about this. And you're just there and you're waiting and you're waiting. Maybe you start to sing a song. Maybe you start to just worship a little bit. And all of a sudden, Scripture says, Acts 2, it says, Acts 2, 1. And it was fully come. They were all in one accord in one place. Verse 2. And suddenly, suddenly, oh, I'm here today. I'd love to have more of God in the spirit, but, but I just, I'm, I haven't really done it. You don't understand. I, I don't fully understand. I'm not, I, I, you don't know what I've come through, and, and I got to be a better person before I ever commit to God. Who says that? Where does scripture ever, just leave that verse up. Where does scripture ever say, if you want more of God, He's going to check your background. He's going to run a reference check. He wants to know about what you've done in your past. He wants to know if you check out with, uh, you know, the local police station. He want... When we come to Jesus, we say, God, I've done lived a messed up life, and I've made some really bad choices, but I want more of you right now. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly, here's a group of 120 people, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, who was a special woman, no doubt, that God handpicked her, and she was a special woman, but nowhere does Mary get prayed for in the Bible, or prayed to. She, she, she's special, but she needed the Holy Ghost just like everybody else. And so she's even, Scripture says, she's in the upper room, and 120 people are just there, and suddenly, could you imagine, put yourself in this spot, suddenly, a sound comes from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind. Is that an accident that Jesus looked at Nicodemus and compared the spirit to a wind? This is exactly what Jesus was talking about. This is what he was talking about right here. As suddenly a sound comes from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it fills the house where they were sitting. Maybe just like you are today. And all of a sudden, you, could you imagine just sitting here and just... God's spirit and presence just enters the sanctuary. Could you imagine you just came and, and you thought, well, I'm just going to check out the church and see what kind of music they have and, and see if I like it here or not. But no, no, no. All of a sudden, God's got a plan for your life and a spirit just enters and you, and you start to feel something and hear something. And what happens in verse 3? It says, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them. Even that, it points back to the Old Testament when Moses was prophesying about a day that someday the spirit would be poured out upon all flesh. Well, when that Old Testament tabernacle, there was a pillar of fire, scripture says, that would sit above the tabernacle. And that when the, when the Israelites would gather around, they knew when the spirit of God was in that temple because they'd look and see a pillar of fire outside above the tabernacle. Guess what? Jesus says, I'm fixing to make you my temple instead of an Old Testament tabernacle of badger skins. You're the temple I'm now going to dwell in. And let me go ahead and make a connection. This doesn't happen every time today, but it did for this first initial time. Why? Because we serve a God who's all into signs. He's into tokens. And so he says, I'm going to put a pillar of fire upon each of them. Why? So that instead of just one pillar of fire above a tabernacle, there's going to be many pillars of fire so that you know it's not one temple and tabernacle anymore. You're the temple now. You're filled with the Spirit now. 
And how do they know they received the Spirit? It wasn't just the external sign, but Scripture verse 4, Scripture says they began to speak with tongues, with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them the utterance. You want to be filled with the Spirit? God is a beautiful God. Because you know what? You could go to a church and I could say, repeat these words, you repeat these words, and I say, congratulations, welcome to the kingdom, you're filled with the Spirit. You know you're going to get in your car and say, man, that was kind of cheap. I thought it was going to be a little bit more than that. I, I was looking for something a little bit more powerful than that. So God purposely, intentionally chooses a sign so that when you repent of your sins and he says, now I want to fill you with my spirit. He says, and a sign that I'm going to give you is James says the, the most unruly member of the body is the tongue. No man can tame it. God says, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and take the most unruly member of the body that humanity can't tame and watch what I do with it. And so as they began to speak with tongues, the spirit gave them the utterance. Now you don't have to sit here and say, man, I'm going to that altar. I'm afraid they're going to come and an angel's going to grab my tongue and I'm going to lose control of myself and I'm going to lay on the ground. No, 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 no. God will never do anything in your life that's against your will. If you don't want the spirit, you don't, you'll never, ever, ever, never get the spirit. You will never get it. God's a gentleman. He forces himself on no one. But if you say, I want more. I want that spirit. I want that experience. You will receive it today. Before you walk out of this place, if you come to an altar and you repent of your sins, God's going to give, as you begin to worship him, I will pray with you, other believers will pray with you, and as you, oh, you don't need to be afraid of this. I know right now, if you're not spirit with the spirit, you say, man, that sounds interesting, but no, uh, that unknown, I'm just kidding. No, don't let the fear keep you from the experience. When, 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 when someone prays with you, I'm telling you, as you begin to worship God, you're going to feel the presence and the power of God, just as they did in that upper room, and as you begin to speak, the Spirit will give you the utterance. Nobody gets the Holy Ghost like this. Because I need to utter words. I need to put the vocal cords behind what I'm feeling. And so this is not, oh, this is some new age stuff. No, it ain't. It's ancient. It's ancient. It was always God's plan. And so here they are, the very first time in human history. They're in this upper room, and all of a sudden, the, the, the rushing mighty wind comes in, and they say, the cloven tongues of fire are there. And all of a sudden, boom, they start to speak with tongues. This is not me. This is not my denomination, my tradition. I'm reading from the word. And so we see this, and the crowd gathered around. They're going, what is going on? They're speaking, though, strange. Are they drunk? Which, if you've ever been around a drunk person, they don't wax more eloquent. I used to work in a restaurant, and people would come in for 4 o'clock for happy hour. When they left at 7 o'clock, they were talking totally different. And it was not at 7. I was not going, man, you guys are really intelligent. <laughs> Speech changes, but not for the better. So that's a foolish question. Well, well Peter, he, he stands up. He's the guy that was fearful of Jesus, denied him three times. And, but now... He has something that has given him power. Peter, who was fearful and said, I don't know the man. I swear to you, I don't know the man. Something has changed between that time and now. Peter now has been filled with the Holy Ghost. So he stands up with the 11 and addresses the whole crowd that's gathered around. 
Men and brethren, these are not drunk like you suppose. It's the third hour of the day. Jewish time clock went from 9 in the morning till 9 at night, or 6 in the morning till 6 at night. So it's 9 in the morning. 9 in the morning. That probably meant something more back then than it does today because people get drunk at 9 in the morning these days. But, but he says, this is, this is just the third hour of the day. It's 9 in the morning. These people are not drunk like you think they are. But he makes a connection. Not me, him. He says, this, which you just saw, is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. So Peter's the one making the connection to the Old Testament prophets. He's saying, this is what we have been looking for. And so he proceeds to preach to them about Jesus. Jesus was the Savior. He came. He was the Messiah. We put him on a cross. And he's saying, what we've been looking for was just here. And we missed it. And they, in Acts 2.37, they're pricked in their heart. They feel the conviction. They feel something in them going, oh, no. And they said, what should we do? Now, a lot of denominations will say, all you need to do is believe and you're saved. If that's the case, why did Peter not just say, if you believe, you're good? I'm trying to knock a denomination. I'm just trying to stick in the word and let you see a difference. He said, what should we do? If there was nothing to do, Peter would have said that. But Peter looks at them, and he makes it real succinct in a better way than I can because I preached longer than Peter probably did, but not than Paul. Paul preached that people fell asleep in windows and fell out of the window. So Paul's got me beat, but I probably preached longer than Peter. Peter says, I'll tell you what to do. Repent. That's a 180-degree turnaround. That is going a different direction. God, I've been living this way. Now I want to go that way. Guess what? When you repent, you're not going to be a totally different person in the morning. Notice, my location did not change, but my direction did. Okay? That's what repentance is. God, I'm going a new direction. God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. You don't need to read my sinner's prayer. You have your own sinner's prayer. Your sinner's prayer is going to sound different than my sinner's prayer. You just talk to God from your heart. Man, Lord, I messed up. Somebody else might go, holy God, thou great in the heaven. That's not the way I talk. I'm like, Lord, I done messed up again. Help me out. Forgive me for my sin because I am a knucklehead. That's the way my sinner's prayer sounds. So you say yours, I say mine. That's what that is. He says, repent. And then he says, and be baptized. How? Does it matter? It sounds like it matters to me. Peter said, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus literally means Jehovah, or the Old Testament God, has become our salvation. So his name means salvation. There's no other name. Hebrews 4.12 says, given among men where under heaven, whereby we must be saved. And so when we baptize someone, and guess what? Right back here, there's hot, warm, beautiful, clean water. There's clothes to change into. And I would love to baptize many people today and have you experience new birth. <laughs> beautiful, warm, clean water. And Peter says, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. But then he says, don't stop there. You, this conversation started with you asking a question about the tongues. And guess what he says? Today could be your birthday too. You get baptized in the name of Jesus and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So Peter, he gives that succinct answer. And a few verses later, right after Peter tells them about this, we read that 3,000 people were added to the church and boom, they were baptized in his name. Later, we see the conversion of the great apostle Paul, the, men who penned, the man who penned most of the New Testament. And after he's 
blinded on the road to Damascus, God sends Ananias to preach the, guess what? The exact same message. Acts 9, Ananias went on his way, entered the house. He says, brother Saul, Saul, his name later was changed to Paul, but he says, Saul, the Lord Jesus, the Lord even Jesus, notice the Lord was the terminology for that Old Testament God. But Ananias says, the Lord, even Jesus. Why? Because when Paul was on the road to Damascus, a light shone down, blinded him, and he says, who are you? And the light identified himself as, I am Jesus, the one who you persecute. There is no God and Father and Holy Spirit and Son and triune, triune, co-equal, co-eternal God. Jesus Christ is God manifest in flesh. This is why he says, Jesus, the Lord, even God, even the Lord, Jesus. He's making the connection here that they're one and the same. Why? Because God identified himself to Paul on the road to Damascus as Jesus. And he says, they appeared to thee, and he says, he has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Because it was God's will to use Paul. But he says, you need, God sent me, not just to give you physical sight, but spiritual sight. And immediately there fell from his eyes that had been scales. And he received his sight. And he arose and he was baptized. Notice there is a spirit baptism and a water baptism. And Paul experiences this now. Notice the pattern of new birth. It does not change, folks. Jesus says to Nicodemus, got to be born of the water and spirit. Jesus tells his disciples, got to be born of the water and spirit. Jesus says, wait in Jerusalem so you can be born of the water and spirit. Then they all receive the water and the spirit. Then they start preaching to bystanders the exact same thing. Now Paul starts saying, he He's experiencing the exact same thing. And Paul's filled with the Spirit. And Paul gets baptized. And so Ananias, he shows up telling him basically the same message. Paul, today, could you be your birthday too? Remember, Jesus told them that he was going to fill them with the Spirit. And he says, you're going to have power to do what? To be a witness. Well, guess what? God tells Ananias right before he goes into Paul. And Paul's baptized, he says this in Acts 9, 15. He says, the Lord said to him, go thy way, for he, meaning Paul, as a chosen vessel to bear my name before Gentiles and kings and children of Israel. But Paul could not do that until something happened. He never did one powerful thing like that until he received the Holy Ghost. Why? Because Scripture says... You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now hear me, and I'm not going to be much longer. Some of you here today, you are believers in Jesus Christ. No one, no one, definitely not me, is discounting your experience with God. No one is discounting your knowledge. No one is saying we're elevating ourselves because I have received the Spirit and you have not. I'm elevated and you're down here. No one has that attitude. If they do, come and let me know. No one does. You have prayed real prayers. God has answered your prayers. God has heard you. He speaks to you. He leads you. He has a plan for you. And he wants to use your life mightily for his glory. You are in the same place like some of the disciples were in the book of Acts, but just like them, God is speaking to you today, and he's saying, I have something more. 
there's something that I have that's even deeper than what you've already experienced, and it's all right here in the Bible. You see, when our mothers gave birth to us, we were brought into an earthly kingdom, and they would nurture and care for us. Our Heavenly Father has a plan for those uh, to be born into his spiritual kingdom, one where he will lead us and guide us and nurture and care for us. But just like a doctor in the delivery room, I was there for all three C-sections of my wife, and I was there. I, I got to hold my babies first. It was wonderful. It was a beautiful experience, probably more beautiful for me than it was for my wife. And I got to hear that cry. And you're sitting there, I don't care how much you trust the doctor and anesthesiologist and the physicians and the nurses, you're still kind of nervous. You're just like, oh God, oh God. And then you hear, and, and you're so happy to hear that cry for about, a couple, you know, a couple hours. And then you're like, okay, you're healthy. Thanks for proving it. Let's cut that out now. But you just hear that and you're just like, there's health, there's life. Spiritually, there's also the sound that comes forth that says there is now new birth, new life. When we begin to speak in other tongues. And if, that, if, if you're here today and you've never heard about this before, and you're like, man, you've got to get me out of this place. These people are nuts. They done lost their mind. Look for yourself. I encourage you. I challenge you to go through the book of Acts and even other prophetic words and study scripture. And see what you find. And if you're here and you say, man, I just, I've never heard this. I don't know. This is new to me. I want to read you just a short account of someone else who was exactly like you. People who didn't know what to expect. And someone came and preached a message that they had never heard before. And they were like, I've never even heard about this. Maybe a little skeptical. But look, it came to pass in Acts 19 Apollos was at Corinth, and Paul, now he's, he's, he's a seasoned veteran church planner, now a missionary, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and he found some disciples. They were disciples of John the Baptist. And he said to them, he says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Now, if you receive the Spirit of God the minute you believe, then that is the dumbest question in human history. You don't receive it the minute you believe. That's Belief is the starting point. And they said to him, we, we haven't even heard about a Holy Ghost. What in the world are you talking about, you crazy lunatic? Notice that was the Gary Dornbach version. <laughs> we don't even know what you're talking about. Talking about some Holy Ghost. And he says, well, how were you baptized? And they said, well, we were baptized in the John's baptism. You know, probably kind of proud of themselves, John the Baptist. Hello. And Paul said, John, he did a great work. He baptized the baptism of repentance. It paved the way. Even John himself said he was a forerunner to Christ. They should believe on him. But remember what John said, guys. John said you need to believe on the one that should come after him. And no doubt there is probably a little more to that message. They don't write the whole message. But that's the explanation. And when they heard this, what did they do? Oh, wow. Thanks for showing that to me. I've never heard this before. This is all new to me, but I see it. And so what did they do? They got baptized in what name? The name of Lord Jesus. 
That's why anytime we see someone get baptized, every time in New Testament scripture, it was in the name of Jesus or the Lord Jesus. So they went and got baptized. They wanted to have the name of Jesus because John, you repent and hey, that's a good conscience focus and I'm doing right. But Jesus is the saving name. So if you're here and you say, man, I've been, I've been baptized, but I've never been baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ. You can get rebaptized today. Just like they did. But then when they remember the conversation started with, have you heard about the Holy Ghost? I mean, we never heard about the Holy Ghost. This is all new. What in the world? They get baptized. And verse 6 says, when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. Spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now, not every person prophesies when they're filled with the Spirit, but when we see in New Testament, anytime someone received the Spirit, it was with the evidence, the sign of speaking in tongues. This is not me, this is not, oh, our church, our denomination, this is what we push. No, no, I just in the Word. And here they are, these people going, I never even heard about what you're talking about. But when he said, There's a baptism, it's in the name of Jesus. They said, let's do it. They came up out of that water, and then he lays his hands on them, and they began to speak with tongues, and they experienced new birth. It was born of the water and born of the Spirit, just as it had always been prophesied by the Old Testament prophets, by Jesus in his conversation to Nicodemus. And so, today is my spiritual birthday. 33 years ago on this very day, as a seven-year-old, I knelt at that altar. And I'm not senile, and I didn't forget that. I already told you the story. I'm bringing this around. And I was seven years old, and I cried. And they went and got my mom and dad, and they came in. It was a joyous day. As I stood there, I sat there with, on my knees, tears streaming down my cheeks. Oh, seven years old. You better believe it. If you're six, seven, eight in this place, you know what? Maybe just stop coloring the pictures and stop playing on the phone. But listen right now, if you're six, seven, eight, you can receive the gift of the Spirit today just as I did because Jesus Christ is here. It's his will. It's always been his plan. He wants people to experience. He says, I'm with you, but I want to be in you. So there's people here. You might be watching online here today. Nobody's discounting. You have heard God. God is with you, but he wants to be in you just like what he said to the disciples. And so again, if you're here, you love Jesus, you want more of Jesus, today could be your birthday too. And so I invite you to stand to your feet right now. It doesn't matter if you're 7, 70, in between, older, younger. God has a plan when he said, I'm going to go into heaven because I want to be in you. I want my spirit to be with you, the comforter to come. I want to lead you and guide you in all things. This is not anything about, oh, church membership, none of that. That's all. That is, that is not the emphasis. The emphasis is new birth according to what God has planned. So if you're here today and you have never had your sins washed away. We have the gowns and the changing rooms back here and the clean water. And you can come to me and say, you know what? I want to, I've never been baptized in that precious, wonderful name. I want to be baptized. If you're here and you say, I've never received the Spirit. I'm not even sure what it is, but I want it. And I want more of God. And I don't even know where to start. You just come up and find a place to pray. And if you will just come up and tell me, hey, would you please pray with me? We will pray together. And I tell you, it's not my promise. It's His promise. 
God wants to put his spirit inside of you. He wants to change your life. He wants you to experience everything that Jesus talked to Nicodemus about in being born again, new birth, according to the water, according to the spirit. It's his word. It's his will. I invite you right now to begin to find a place to pray. Every person, whether you're filled with the spirit or not, whether you've been baptized or not, but today can be your day. Today, Jesus is reaching to someone and he's reaching to you and letting you know, I got this plan and I know and I've heard your prayer and I want to be closer to you and I don't just want to be with you, I want to be in you. I'm telling you, God will do it. He'll do it today. He'll wash away your sins. He'll fill you with his spirit. It's his will. It's his plan. He's made it clear over and over again in scripture. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you're getting ready to do right now. Oh, if this is you, just begin to find a place to pray. Begin to repent of your sins. Let the Lord know how much you love him. Let him know how you desire him.